welcome back to our podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead with your host, Caitlin. And Andrew. And we're so glad that you decided to come back to us, especially after our first <laughs> try at a episode. Well, fortunately, as of this recording, nobody's listened to it. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's a Schrodinger's podcast. Is it good or is it bad? Nobody knows. Ooh, that was good. It's impossible to tell. Good job. Ooh, I like that. But it's probably not very good. Well, in some ways. Well, that's okay. It happens. It happens. That's we're, okay. We're still learning. We're baby. We're baby podcasters. Yeah. But you know what? We take our craft seriously, and that goes a long way. Right. I, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Please listen to us. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll just keep listening, keep supporting us. We'll probably get better. It has to get better from here. I mean, <laughs> any podcast you love, listen to their first episode and then listen to their most recent 250th episode and then be like, there was definitely some growth in there. Yeah, it's like um, somebody was recommending me a podcast once and they were like, don't listen to the first 100 episodes. Oh They're not God. as good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Well, how like, many are left? Yeah, I was like, that's a lot, but okay. They had like, they're up to like 300 something. So there's plenty of other content, but it's just oh like, gosh. that's a lot, but okay. I can't even imagine 300 episodes. We're on episode two and I'm like, boy, this is a lot of work because I work full time plus and also write the, do the research and we do the editing and everything. But Especially this episode where I did mostly no work <clears throat> on the research side. You're welcome. I did a decent amount on the first episode though. Yeah. And so we'll see if this episode is terrible, then it's Caitlin's fault. No, it's going to be a really, a really good episode, but it's also going to be, okay. I will Real just, sad. Yes. I will just say when I was researching this, um, first off, I want to go ahead and give right off the bat, give credit to Kathy Fry, who wrote the article where I got most of the information. It was an article, four part article she wrote for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette in 2003. Um, and I, it was just, I was just sucked into it from the beginning. She did such a good job writing it because you feel so connected to our, our victim here. You feel connected to her family. You, it, it, she gets so personal and it was written so well. I mean, I, by the end of it on the, on the fourth part, I was just sitting sitting there trying to do research and bawling like it was it was it was very emotional so please 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 support journalists go check out Kathy Fry's she she goes way farther in depth than we do and it, you need to read it it was really good and she definitely did more work than we did well that, I mean, I that's definitely know. true yeah probably I, I don't have to that's not even a question <laughs> that's definitely true yes she did a lot of work so thank you Kathy Fry um, and our other, um, our, one of our other sources that we got, I pretty much got everything from Kathy Fry. So all credit to her for this. And, um, also the Casey Woody foundation, Casey Woody is uh, the subject of our podcast this week. I know there was, um, somebody told me today that the, the ID recently did an episode on Casey Woody. I had no idea. So, I'm, so if everybody just saw it. I apologize about that because I had no idea. We we promised we didn't do this because we saw that. No, this is because we, our focus is, you know, at least initially. So it was just going to be our first like five or 10 episodes. We were going to focus on Arkansas crimes. But then after talking with people, 
everybody had a story everybody had something oh are you talking about this oh are you talking about this and i'm like wait hold on let me write all these down these are so good so we've got plenty of content to draw from for quite a while i think yes for a very long time which is very exciting because we i mean we make fun of arkansas but i've never done such a thing that's a total lie but (laughs) we love arkansas and very offended shut up that you make fun of arkansas i love arkansas i mean i mean it's easy to make fun of it's like the redheaded stepchild sorry for any redheaded stepchild (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) but we love wow we love we love arkansas i like parts of arkansas that i could just say that about everywhere though i could be like i like parts of texas i like like parts parts of california i like parts of st louis can't say that (laughs) I can. I can't say that. I love. Okay. I don't know. It's probably fine. Yeah. I. I just. You haven't gone to the right parts. I. I probably have, but I was a kid. Um, yeah. So just understand, I am gonna. If St. Louis ever comes up, I will uh, completely drag it through the mud. <laughs> it's mostly a gimmick. It's just for funsies. <laughs> don't get mad. Don't. Don't email us. For getting. So I angry. mean, you can email and be like, "Hey, this is what's good about St. Louis." Yeah, do that. If you want to do that, maybe I'll go again. Yeah, it's been a long time. Do that. But. You know I, what? You could also email and just be like, hey, here's a string of cuss words for why you're the worst. Don't do that. That will make me cry because <laughs> I check the email very often. <laughs> um, but the Casey Woody Foundation website is http colon slash slash. I don't know how to say that. Casey Woody, K-A-C-I-E, Woody, W-O-O-D-Y dot homestead dot com. And... Um, Kathy Fry wrote the narrative, the opening um, summary, basically, on for that for the website as well, and she did a wonderful job. So please go visit the Casey Woody Foundation website and check out the Arkansas Democrat Gazette for Kathy Fry's four-part article um, on Casey Woody. So, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so our first, so this episode, episode number two. Is about Casey Renee Woody, born October 17th, 1989. Uh, she passed away December 4th, 2002. She was 13 years old. Um, we do, just trigger warning here, we are going to talk about child murders and terrible things. So if that's something that's really difficult for you to deal with, it's okay for you to pass this one because it... I Researching it, I was crying. So, I mean, this one just hits so close to home because... I was, uh, we were both, uh, yeah. I mean, we're both about the same age yeah. and she was born 89. Mm-hmm. I was born 89. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far off. Yeah. And her birthday was in October. She turned 13 in October. I turned 13 in March uh, of 2003. So, I mean, six months apart, it, it, it just, she was, because her location, her physical location was so close where she lived was so close to where I lived and she was so close to the same age. This was a big, big deal here. Rightfully so, because it is absolutely awful. And she was just an unfortunate victim. She was a happy, sweet, trusting girl. And somebody, an evil person took advantage of that. And anyway, so. Yeah, and this is one of those early cases that, this is where the internet is becoming a real big deal. And this case kind of taught a lot of people how... Things can go wrong, I guess. Very much so. So let's just go ahead. There's a lot of information to cover, so we'll just go ahead and dive into it. Um, There's going to be a much more somber tone to this because 
I want to do respect to Casey. I want to do respect to her family and to Kathy Fry, who wrote the wonderful article about her and everybody else involved with it. So this is might be a little, this one's going to be a little rough. I may end up crying, so I apologize about that. So, um, Casey Woody, Casey Woody, again, born October 17th, passed away December 4th at 13 years old. Um, she had a, a good childhood. She came from a good family. Um, she was born and raised in Faulkner County, Arkansas. She was a student in the Greenbrier School District. She lived in Holland, which is a small community right outside of Greenbrier. Um, she, when she was a baby, uh, she almost died from lung complications right after she was born. Um, so, but she made it through that. She was a trooper. She has two older brothers, Austin and Tim. She was she was very uh, outgoing with people she knew as a child. She loved to sing. She loved to perform. But uh, her family sat around strangers. She was kind of shy. She was very empathetic, very loving. Um, so in 1984, this was before she was born, her family, her dad, Rick, and her mom, Christy, they moved from North Little Rock to Greenbrier, which is about, what, 45 hour? Probably an hour move. Um, so uh, not even that long, I don't think. Like 45 minutes ish, something like that. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to live on a farm with horses, so they they made that dream come true. They lived on a farm with horses. In June 19, June I'm sorry, June 19th, 1997, Rick, Christy, Tim, and Casey were all in a car. They were driving down the road. They were involved in an accident where they where two of their horses got out on the highway, and they hit one of them. And the horse went through the windshield and it killed Christy. Uh, and this was, okay, this part was really difficult to read. Rick tried to keep Casey from seeing her mother, but he wasn't able to block her from seeing it because he had he himself was injured. He had broken ribs. So Rick told Tim to get Casey down on the floorboard so she wouldn't have to see. But Tim said that it wasn't possible because there was so much broken glass in there. Casey later told her Aunt Teresa that she had heard her mom make an uh sound and knew that her mother was dead when she saw the blood i so casey had to been around seven at that point six or seven that is a horribly traumatic memory to have and one to have of your mom i i mean that is so tragic but from that point on casey hated horses um because it just reminded her of that awful event but she kept her mother, her mother had a bunch of horse figurines and she kept them all and she put them in her room after her mom passed. So she was just always on the search for somebody to, to fill that mother spot. She needed, she wanted somebody to be that mom figure. And her mom, her aunt Teresa lived on the same road as her. So she was not far and that her aunt Teresa was her mom's older sister. Um, people were always so sweet to her, to sweet to Casey because, because she lost her mom and they wanted to help fill that void and, but that made her very trusting of other people, which unfortunately it ended up being part of her demise. But I mean, it's a good virtue to have, but it's, it's not an inherently bad thing. No, no, it's, not at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But it does not work out in her favor. No. And, but that is not on. her fault. Let's, right. That no, is not her absolutely fault. not. Yes. So at the time of her murder, she was in seventh grade and lived with her dad, Rick, who was a nighttime police officer for the Greenbrier. Um, his, he had a late shift. It ended at two o'clock in the morning. Um, it, it was like an evening, like, I guess sort of like a third-ish shift kind of, kind of thing. Her oldest brother, Tim, lived with them and, brother's friend, and her brother's friend, Eric, lived with them as well. Uh, 
and um so there was three boys <laughs> poor casey she lived with three boys and she but she was very self-sufficient she would cook her own meals her her dad she could did her own laundry her dad wasn't worried about her too much staying home by herself because she was very responsible um and i loved this about her because this sounds very much like me she loved singing she loved playing saxophone she was in the band in greenbrier and i was a band kid and you know i was a woodwind player and i loved to sing so that also i know that's like some transference of seeing myself in her because i was a very trusting naive seventh grader i love singing and playing my flute so it it it's hard not to feel feel feelings so anyway so Casey, at this time, uh, she is in and out of uh, chat rooms online, which was had become a big deal at the oh, time. Yeah, big time. You, which I guess you you were you were into those, weren't you? Yes. In fact, funny story. This had to been probably a year before that before before this incident. It was in two thousand one. I was new to the area. I had moved from Georgia to Arkansas, and I was on chat rooms and meeting Arkansas meeting kids from my area who knows if they were kids but I met a kid from my area and he actually I gave him my address and he came over to my house thank god it ended up being a kid and my mom came home and she was like who is this and I was like this is my friend she said how did you meet him and like we were outside it was it was very innocent but we're outside playing and she was like how did you meet him and I was like well he I met him online my mom flipped out and I did not know what the big deal was then, but being an adult now, holy cow, that another transference thing, like Casey, I could have been, I mean, I'm not going to say I could have been Casey, but it, you know what I mean? It could have, that could have been a, a creepy man coming over to kill me. Very easily. So that was, I, a, that was dumb of me. Yeah. But I was also what, 10 or 11 when I did that. So, well, the good thing for me personally is that, um, I feel social anxiety even with uh, chat rooms and <laughs> did not participate in that. Other than like, I had a few friends that I would talk to on IM, yeah, but it was like yeah. people I knew, knew and met in yeah. real life, not just internet strangers. Mm-hmm. Never really did the internet stranger chat room thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and the thing is like her, her friends, uh, like Samantha, they had expressed concern over how much information she was just giving out to people. Um, she said... She had found love twice um, through these chat rooms. There was Scott, who was a 14-year-old football and wrestling-loving boy from Atlanta, who was the most recent boyfriend, I guess online boyfriend, because mm-hmm. they, yeah. never, they never met, right? No. Mm-mm. Okay. And uh, they, they, quote, met in May of 2002 and began their online dating on October 3rd of 2002. On, in December... Uh, she, Casey and Samantha had an argument, uh, because, and so Samantha decided that she needed to tell an adult about what Casey was up to on these chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes to their, I guess, school counselor. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Diana Keller, uh, to let, let her know what Casey was doing. Uh, Keller confronted, uh, Casey about giving information out to strangers and telling her essentially that. You know, that's not a good idea because you don't know them. Right. Uh, Casey also, she would tell Keller that she only gave information out to people that her father had approved of, which was not true. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it, it's hard being a 13 year old girl and this guy saying all these sweet things to you. You're like, well, of course it, he's this sweet 
whatever teenage guy who's telling me how pretty I am. And yeah, she's she's on there telling the truth. Why wouldn't he? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then it says that same day she asked three separate friends if she could spend the night with them, with all three of them saying no. It was a school night, so, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, mom and dad you, aren't going to let you. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was the idea there? Just like... She just... Well, what from Kathy's article, it just said that she... It's like she could just sense something. So that would have been December 3rd, 2002. She just, she asked three separate friends if she could spend the night. She might have just been feeling lonely. She might have felt some kind of anxiety about something. But it was a school night and all of them, all of her friends were like, no, my parents are going to say no because it's a school night. But, which I get, you know, and I, in no way are they at fault or should those friends, if they are listening, feel guilty in any way, shape or form because... My mom would would not let a friend spend the night on a school night either. So, yeah. So, she comes home that day, uh, checks the weather because it looked like there was going to sleet and snow. That was in the forecast. Which is a big deal in Arkansas. Yeah, we don't know how to deal with it because it happens maybe once a year. If we're lucky. It didn't happen this year at all. No. Not really. Not yet. Who knows? Yeah, I think I have a good idea. Yeah, I know. Because the plant's on fire. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, she was alone uh a lot mm-hmm. at home because yeah. her father worked until 2 a.m and all that so she's she's at home her brother has left uh to go to the uca library and their friend who was living there as well was off at his electrician classes uca being the university of central arkansas yes by the way <laughs> yes in which is in uh conway this the city of colleges and roundabouts yeah, I like that part. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Roundabouts and U-turns, baby. <laughs> anyway. I wish more towns designed their roads like that. Because once you get used to it, it's so it's much so better. So much better. Yes, so much better. But uh, anyway, uh, her aunt was in Conway for a basketball game for her daughter. Uh, so Casey got ready for bed, hopped on the computer to talk to Scott, the boy from Atlanta, mm-hmm. through IM. While she was chatting with Scott... Uh, she was on the phone with her other internet friend, Dave, who was a allegedly an 18-year-old living in San Diego. And he had long, wavy, sandy hair and a square jaw. You know, a big California surfer guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Casey had actually introduced Scott and Dave through the IMs, I guess. Yeah. They spoke on the phone, even. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to a bit. Yeah. For instance, uh, one time Dave called Scott uh, at his home. Dave, again, California. Mm-hmm. Scott's in Atlanta. Yeah, 14-year-old Atlanta. Yes. So Dave calls Scott at his home, and Scott's mom answers the phone asking who was calling from California and said it was his friend Dave. Next time Dave called, Scott's dad picked up saying, you're not a kid, don't call back. <laughs> Creepy. So, Casey's dad responds similarly when Casey said that Dave was celebrating his 18th birthday, because she was only 13? She turned, yeah, she had just turned 13 in October. So, yeah, even if he was 18, that's like... Creepy. That's too old. Yes, very much so. And, uh, yeah, Casey's dad said that Dave was too old for her to be talking to him. Uh, Casey said as much to Dave, but they, uh, they stayed in contact anyway. Yeah. So... They started talking on the phone instead of on the computer, which seems like it'd be easier to get caught, but I guess, not. I guess well, the dad's out until 2 a.m., so yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and her friends even warned her. They they said he does not sound eighteen. Mm-hmm. And he would use terms like groovy, righteous, and wicked, which are not words that any person in this time in the in the early aughts would have been using at all, except for parents and grandparents. Well, maybe par- parents, maybe grandparents. Maybe I almost wonder. I wonder if this is less like that's his natural way of speaking. Or if that's how he thought surfer people still talked like. Yeah, they even said like, it, like I can't remember if it was Sam or Jessica, Samantha or Jessica, said it sounded like an old guy who was trying too hard. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it sounds like somebody who watched like surfer movies from the 50s <laughs> and just thought like, that's probably still how it's going, isn't it? But, but That's how kids like, talk. I, yeah, like I bet, I don't, I don't think he, that seems like not what he would have naturally said. No. That sure. seems like him pretending. Maybe. And not knowing any better. Maybe. That's just my guess. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Dave tells Casey that he's upset because his aunt is in a coma after being in a car wreck. Um, Which, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the night coming back to the night of when she got in the fight, like she was at school that day, got in a fight with her friends. Uh, Miss Keller was notified of Casey's internet activities. Um, so she's back at home and uh, she's talking to Dave and Scott. Um, and while she's talking with them, a stranger who had been stalking the house entered the home covered Casey's face with a chloroform-soaked rag, knocked her glasses off onto her dad's recliner, and dragged Casey out of the house and into a vehicle, which ended up being a silver minivan. So Casey's conversation, she was IMing Scott on the phone with Dave, quote-unquote. So Casey's conversation was just left dangling with Scott, and he repeatedly messaged her, and she didn't respond back. So finally, in a panic, he started emailing. uh, He had called he had called Casey's house and multiple times nobody was home. Nobody was picking up. He kept IMing her freaking out. So he emailed uh, Casey's friend Jessica to express his concern, but Jessica didn't see the email until the following afternoon. So Eric, the friend that lived with the Woodies, Eric returned home um, about ten seventeen PM and he assumed Casey was in bed. He didn't hear anything or, or and didn't like go into a room to check on her. I'm like, why would he? You know? So he did chores for an hour before walking by Casey's room and then he saw that she wasn't in there. So she kind of just assumed maybe she was with friends and spent the night. But then Tim arrived home, her older brother arrived home and Eric asked him where Casey was and Tim was not sure so he called his dad at work and rick said and said you know where's where's casey and rick said well she's at the house and tim said well no she's not so while um tim made his way to the police station uh rick had tim check with his aunt Teresa to make sure that casey wasn't there uh tim checked with all of casey's friends she wasn't there and then tim notified his dad rick that nobody knew anything about her whereabouts so that's when Rick notified the Faulkner County police and he then left work and went home noting he noted that Casey's shoes and coat were still there and it was 39 degrees outside and like wet and raining and with like freezing weather and that is that was not normal you know so Eric noted that a call from a Georgia number had been placed at 1015 and then he noticed the long dialogue from Scott on the instant messenger so Eric got on Casey's IM and began messaging with Scott 
and asked when he had last heard from Casey and if anything was abnormal about her response or if there's anyone else that she had mentioned, you know, in their conversations. Scott told Eric that Casey and Samantha had a fight at school and that Casey had been talking to her friend Dave about everything that was going on. So Eric got as much, much, I'm sorry, Eric obtained as much information from Scott as possible about himself and about Dave, but uh, neither, neither Scott nor Eric knew what had happened to Casey. So at this point, the state police officer, Carl Bird, was notified, and this it's 3.35 in the morning on December 4th, and uh, Officer Carl, Carl Bird was notified that Casey was missing, and he had, she had been missing for six hours at this point. Uh, and when he came to investigate the house, her glasses that were crushed and laying on her dad's uh, armchair, that indicated to him that Casey was taken against her will. Yeah, and also... I guess because uh, they're going to do a level two Morgan Nick alert, yes. which I, I read ahead. Yeah. Um, but I, how long ago was it that they didn't take this stuff seriously? Because I remember, I feel like when I was a kid mm-hmm. was when it first started, like people would take these like kids going missing. They would take it far more serious because there's been right. so many times where it went really bad. Yeah. Uh, do you know when that stuff happened but i feel like it happened like in the 90s well was when that really took off you know probably so because you know we listen to a lot of murder podcasts (laughs) a lot of true crime podcasts and so many of them it's the parent reports their child missing they're you know actually i was listening to my favorite murder today and it's one of their early episodes they were talking about the age of the most common age of runaways is between 12 and 14 which is Casey was 13 so right Right. in the middle so a lot of times police are like well you know they probably ran away they used to be that way it's not it's not like that anymore but because it was a a, a, there was a pattern of children going missing and then found dead because police were like oh they're runaway and not maybe ended up not being that way so I would say definitely by this point it started to make a turnaround and and yeah like and you have the added benefit of this one where it's very obvious with the glasses the shoes and the coat like it's obvious that she did not go of her own will correct so i mean maybe it's a little different than like a lot of other situations where they just disappear and seems like they could have just run away right or even in some cases they may have run away but to somebody bad yes that is true and gone of their own free will but they're still they're still a minor that's missing yes i i wonder like in movies, mm-hmm. they used to always be like, they're not missing until it's been 24 hours. That's not true. That feels like that was never true. There's I, no way that was ever true. It, it probably was with adults, but not with yeah. children. I, I feel like I saw some Lifetime movie where like probably. some kid went missing mm-hmm. and they're like, well, he's not missing until it's been 24 hours. And it's like, it's like a six-year-old child. They're at a gas station by some woods. <laughs> Haven't you ever watched 48 <laughs> hours? You, you already are over one of your days by that point. Yeah, it was just like, they're at a gas station in the middle of the woods. Where do you think that kid went? You should probably look for him. Yeah, maybe he didn't run off to his friend's house. Maybe they actually were abducted. Let's let's think about that yeah. one. So definitely, I don't know. It, was, it was some Lifetime or Hallmark or whatever garbage yeah. movie. I don't know what it was though. I saw it years and years ago. Yes. So by this point in 2002, it's taken much more seriously, and yeah. and which is wonderful. And honestly, the work on this that investigators and police officers did was ballin they were on top of it 
they responded appropriately and they responded quickly to the situation at hand. Yeah, this is definitely not one where you can go say it was bad police work or something. Not like at the, all. It's very, it just happens very fast. Very sadly. much so. Yes, and and they, you know, especially and and Rick, her dad, being on top of stuff, being a police officer, was on top of it, and and I mean, they moved quickly and they did their jobs well. So, um, anyway, so the glasses indicated to Officer Bird that she was not taking of her own free will. And, you know, her shoes and coat being there still. So the last person to see Casey alive was her brother, Tim, at 6 p.m., right before he left for UCA. Um, Scott was the last person to talk to her, though, through IM. Um, when she abruptly stopped replying to his messages, he, his last message to her was, are you okay, sweetie? To which she replied, uncharacteristically short, yeah. So they don't know. So that was probably not even her who sent that one. It might. Honestly. Yeah, it who knows it may not have, it may have been it may not have been so i i did not see one way or another if it was i mean there wouldn't be a way to know for sure but yeah considering that she probably then doesn't send anything else i i would bet that that is after something she's good. been taken yes and the abductor has put that message Could just be. to kind of say yep. like don't worry about it but yep obviously that didn't work nope so the search for her began shortly after with neighbors and friends in surrounding woods and properties they started going around locally so at 5 14 is when that level two morgan nick alert was issued so um we in nationwide it's called an amber alert i can't remember what amber stands for it was it's named after um a, a child who was abducted but it also stands for something and I, I can't remember what it is so morgan nick in arkansas it's called a morgan nick amber alert uh, and morgan nick was a it, which is actually one of the cases we are going to talk about she was a child who was abducted and her case has not been solved um, so they named this alert after her, um, little tidbit there. So that's at 514. So at 920, uh, Samantha and Jessica were in Miss Keller's office and they're trying to answer the questions that officers Bird and Wooly were giving them. Uh, so I think it was Samantha discussed how she had warned Casey of giving out too much information on the internet. And she also told police how she had never liked Dave. They had, they had spoken on the phone before, um, Samantha and Jessica and Dave and Samantha and Jessica and Scott yeah. and Casey. And they, they also told Casey, like, there's no way this guy is 18. Right. Correct. And they said that Scott wasn't much better. Like, she, they were basically like, you need to be careful. But again, she was such a sweet, trusting girl, you know, as, as an innocent child should be. So Casey's friends initially were just so certain that Scott was behind the disappearance. But then Jessica turned to Sam and said, oh, my God, Sam, what about Dave? So is there a reason that they were so adamant that it was Scott? Because he, I think because he was the last person to talk to her. Okay. Um, I just didn't know if there was something that he had done or said that they knew about before that made them like, he had just been the one that Casey, he had just been the one that Casey was talking to the most recently. Her and Dave had kind of like fizzled out, I guess, but they still kept in contact as friends or whatever. Still were talking all the time as friends. So I think they just thought, oh, well, Scott's her boyfriend, so he had something to do with it. Okay. But no, I don't, he hadn't done anything inappropriate. Well, I mean, he hadn't done anything bad. So at this point, FBI, so the girls are at school. FBI agent Jerry Spurgers was in Casey's room, and he was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, my God, is it Dave? Because Casey had been missing for 12 hours at this point. 
and off uh, agent Spurgers was searching the room and found two pieces of crumbled up paper in her room and one read quote Casey Renee Woody loves David Leslie Fagan and the other read Casey Renee Woody loves Scott G um, and we never we don't know Scott's last name because he was a minor and his family asked that his name not be released so we and that's fine so she was doing that little thing that girls do where you put the you number the letters and you add up to see if it's true love. Is it like, is it like an A is worth one? Yeah, it's something like I can't remember. I used to do it all the time. But I can't remember. Yeah, you know, it's something that you know a seventh grade girl is gonna do. Sure, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because you're not it's, a seventh grade girl. Nor were you nor, ever. Ne- never have I ever <laughs> been a seventh grade girl. You're right. I wonder if they. I wonder if like they still have stuff like that if they just use like an online thing or, probably online or they just play it's fortnite they're all just playing app. fortnite and app, app i don't know is minecraft still a thing i know it used to be yeah it's still a thing but like fortnite's like the biggest thing in the world they put like i don't know they did uh you know at the beginning of rise of skywalker when mm-hmm. it's like emperor palpatine is back yeah yeah the speech that he supposedly gives that we never hear in the movie they played it in fortnite in a fortnite event what that's how big fortnite is Okay, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's what the kids are up to, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We're not 13-year-old kids. We yeah, don't know anymore. I'm an elderly old man. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yay. I'm almost 30. You're 30. Yay. <laughs> Our lives are great. No. Not going through an existential crisis at all. Not at all. <laughs> nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So, um... So she had written those little letters and had added up her her their letters together to see if their percentage of true love was 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 compatible. So investigators found out and they knew for sure that Scott was a 14 year old from Atlanta. And when Casey disappeared, Scott had repeatedly tried to make contact with her, including call her landline, message her on IM multiple times. But Dave, however, had not messaged Casey asking where she had gone, did not try calling back to say, where did you go? And he went radio silent. So that was a big red flag. So the investigators found Casey's messages with Dave and finding that the account was indeed registered to a Dave Fagan. So back at the school at the same time, Sam and Jessica were going to talk to investigators a second time. They had talked a lot about Scott, but they had totally forgotten about Dave. So for about the past month, Dave had been phoning Casey and telling her his aunt, who he said had lived in Arkansas, but did not tell her where said she was sick in a coma and wasn't expected to live very long. He said he had been driving for four days to get to Arkansas. And this was right before she was abducted and said he'd been driving for four days to get there. And so in mid to no, it was probably early November. Um, Jessica was spending the night with Casey and Dave had said he was on his way to Arkansas. He had, he said he had gone there multiple times. He said he had gone to Arkansas multiple times for his aunt. So this was before December, about a month before December 4th. So he said he was on the way to Arkansas because his aunt was getting worse. Um, Jessica was spending the night with Casey. And that night, the girls heard noises in the house. And they barricaded themselves in Casey's room. Um, and they had been on the phone with Dave. And Dave was like, they're, they're like, I think somebody's in the house. And Dave was like, no, you're fine. Nothing's wrong. So he said he was staying with his aunt in Arkansas until she passed. So I guess all the way talking up until December 4th, like, they just assumed he was in Arkansas hanging out, which... We'll talk about that. So meanwhile, going back to the investigators, around 1 p.m., the Conway Police Department was asked to investigate motels. So like we said, Conway and Greenbrier are neighboring towns. Conway's significantly bigger than Greenbrier. Um, 
and that's where like hotels and stuff would be. So they're about 10 minutes apart from each other. So meanwhile, around 1 p.m., the Conway Police Department was asked to investigate the motels that they had there for suspicious guests. So they went around looking for people named Dave or David that were registered in the hotel. So officers finally found a registration for David Fuller, not David Fagan, David Fuller, from who was somebody who said he was from California. And they found him in a Motel 6, which the Motel 6 that they're talking about is on the way to Greenbrier on the same highway as the way to get out to Greenbrier. So it was like he hops on the highway and it's a straight shot to Greenbrier from there. So he had arrived December 2nd, checked in December 2nd and was scheduled for a week there. He asked the maids to skip the cleaning service. Police entered the room and went searched it. They found a laptop with a floppy disk. They didn't say it was on the floppy disk. Um, the bed had not been slept in and they found that David had rented a minivan while he was here and the clerk at the van rental noticed Fuller was acting very, very strange. And so the clerk took down David's license plate number and because he had driven his own car to Arkansas because we'll find out why later, but he had driven his own car to Arkansas. So yeah, that, that is suspicious, actually. And, yeah, to be like, why didn't you drive your own car here and you're renting a car? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh... and he was acting really weird and asking a lot of questions. Like, I, I, they didn't specify what, but really weird questions, very specific. So the guy was like, this guy is weird. So he took down his license plate number, his motel information, his cell phone number, and he kept it all. So the number, the police got that number, the phone number, and they matched it to phone records from Casey's phone. And they realized they had their man, David Fuller. So a bolo, a be on the lookout, was sent out immediately for David Fuller and the vehicle matching, the minivan matching the description that he had rented. So they found that Dave was not, in fact, a teenager, as, um, you know, Casey's friends and everybody suspected. Yeah. It turns out he was 47 years old. His name was David Leslie Fuller. So that was really ballsy of him to say, because she had wrote, written down on that piece of paper, David Leslie Fagan. So he like, basically did everything except the last name, yeah, and it's still because really, of the same initial. Yeah, yeah, that was very bright, very bright. Yeah, not a, I, you just, if I had to come up with a fake name, I wouldn't do something <laughs> almost that's identical. almost the same. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, it worked for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Calm down. Ben Kenobi. What? Who? That's the same yeah. person? That old wizard, Ben? Who? Don't go talking to him. What? Anyway. Anyway. So he was from California, though. He did live in California. Uh, he was born January 18th in 1955 into a devoutly Mormon family. He had three older siblings who were happier, church-going kids. Whereas Dave was, he was more isolated. He hung out with a rougher crowd in high school and... Uh, denounced the church very early on so he was no longer mormon so he got married at the uh, ripe old age of 19 yeah that marriage did not last and he was uh he spent a lot of time playing bass in bands and as we all know bassists are basically the worst people in the world Mm. (laughs) and uh so anyway uh he was playing a gig one night and his bandmate's girlfriend showed up with uh her sister sally Mm -hmm. And Dave and Sally hit it off. They got married in 1983. In 89, Dave joined the Navy Construction Battalion, the CBs. Mm-hmm. The Construction Battalion. Okay, that, that makes fun? sense. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, so they moved around a lot. 
uh, had a son named Dylan and a daughter, Stacy. Uh, Sally uh, liked being a mom, but the marriage was not going so well. Um, back in 2001, around the 18th anniversary, it was, things were things were rocky. Quick, quick side note here. I noticed that Stacy, his daughter, her name is spelled S-T-A-C-I-E, which is awfully close to Casey, whose name was spelled K-A-C-I-E. And I find that very peculiar because of some allegations that come up uh, against David Fuller. So anyways, continue. Okay. So you don't think that's a coincidence? I do not, but okay. I don't know. That's just speculation. Yeah. I mean... It, 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 it's compelling speculation, we'll yes. say. Yeah. So as uh, he kind of stopped drinking around this time and started becoming more edgy and had he would have angry outbursts very easily. Um, just And he would not talk to Sally, his wife, about his past because he had some troubling things in there. Uh, he was ex- he at one point was arrested for exposing himself to two girls, which he claimed he simply asked the girls a question and they ran off screaming, which See, seems right. Yeah, happens to me all the time. I go, "What's up, girls?" and then they go, "No, no." <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, and so anyway, he that's his claim of how that goes. You know how. Real life works where you ask a person a question and they run off screaming of for course. no reason. Yes, that happens. Happens all the time. Yes. So that's what that was his claim. He couldn't even come up with something fake that made any sense. Of course. Um, and he just said he didn't want to bother defending himself in court because it's a whole thing. So yeah. he just paid a fine. Go figure. That's his, which I get to some extent. Yeah. It, but also the story he says is also ridiculous and stupid. Agreed. And as far as his past goes, like, she would try to talk to him about, like, his past past, like, childhood and stuff. And he told her that that it was off limits. They're not talking about it. So, I'm wondering what happened to him, you know? Hmm. Nobody knows? I mean, maybe he just really hated Mormonism, maybe? Could be. I mean, as far as we know, the other kids did okay. He was the only one, but um, you never know. There's... He could have been the only one targeted if there was a thing or something. Yeah. So So there's no telling. Uh, so in summer of 2002, Dave became even more secretive and his marriage was, it was pretty much done. It was yeah. on, it was on shaky, yeah. shaky legs at best. Yeah. Not even that really. Um, and he was always on the computer and he'd walk around the neighborhood at night and he'd be on the phone. Oh, that's not a telling sign at all. Yeah. And well, now we know why who he was yes. on the phone with and yes. why he had to be alone essentially and secretive yeah. yeah so sally she's st- she's done asking questions she's done putting up with this so she decides that they're getting divorced which she thought dave would be happy with but he freaked out and was not happy at all yeah um so in august uh cps was called because his seven-year-old stacy was reported to be showering with him. He says nothing inappropriate was happening and he wasn't raping his daughter or anything. Hmm. But that's not a thing you do. That's incredibly inappropriate. Like, I I get it when they're like little bitty, you know? But seven years old? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. That's way too old. Oh, yeah. And he had uh, spousal abuse charges uh, brought against him later on because he came back to the house after he moved out 
and forced his way in. Uh, Sally locked herself and the kids in the room and called 911. And so they, the kids saw him being led away in handcuffs. Mm. That same month, he lost his job at a Saturn dealership, which is quickly becoming an old-timey sentence because <laughs> yeah. Saturn doesn't exist. That's true. They, they died off like uh, it was 2010. So Not terribly long after that. It's been a decade now. Pretty Ooh. soon, our, pretty pretty soon, the young folk won't know what a Saturn is. <laughs> the planet. Yeah. <laughs> also that. Yes, that. Yeah. What about a Mercury? Also the planet. No planet. <laughs> yeah. What about no, the car? Mars and Jupiter and Pluto. Well, those is Pluto cars. a planet? No, it's Debatable a dwarf planet. Are, we, are you sure? I thought yes. I heard it came back. No, I it's mean, a, it's well, a I mean, dwarf, never went away. <laughs> it's a it's a dwarf planet. Oh, uh, okay. Which. I guess, which tiny is, planet? A, it's a ti- it's a type of planet. So unless you don't think dwarves are people, which you would be a terrible person if you thought that. Yeah, you should you should get together, scientists. Yeah, you bigots. Yeah. But anyway, um, and the reason he lost the uh, job at the Saturn dealership is they said he was not productive, but it was because he was suspected of visiting child porn sites on company computers. That was smart. Yeah. It, anywhere that's not good. <laughs> There's like, but you could do it anywhere else. No, don't. Don't, don't, do, don't it. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it anywhere else. But why would you do it at the company? At work. At yeah. work where, even back then they were monitoring what you were doing. Yeah. They had that software. So here's the, here's the uh, lesson to pull from this. Don't look at child porn. Don't be a creep. No, don't do that. That's don't be a creep. Yeah, it's gross. But I do feel bad for his kids though because they they saw their dad be led away in handcuffs, which has got to be a traumatic thing. And then, and his son Dylan saw him get fired at the dealership, which is also like, you, you know, every kid wants to see their dad as the hero, whether or not they are or not. You know, but every every kid wants to see their dad and to see to oh, <laughs> to see your dad. We'll, we'll just keep going. Just yeah. keep going. It's fine. To see your dad get, you know. I don't know, put down in public. It's, it's got to be hard for a kid. Yeah, and, you know, especially when you're a kid, you don't know. You don't know. That it turns out he's a horrible monster. Right. But you're a kid, you don't know that. You don't know, yeah. So, anyway. So, December 3rd, which is the day of Casey's abduction, Sally was visiting family in Utah. Uh, Dave called his mom and asked if Sally had brought the kids by, which she had not done yet. And he was kind of annoyed about that, I guess. And then he said, I love you, mom, which is not something that was normal for him to just do. To just say. Yeah. Yeah. And then he hung up. Mm, which isn't suspicious at all, but who, who, nobody it's, knew he was in Arkansas. Yeah. It's, it's, con- it would be concerning to some extent. Like, what do you, yeah. Especially like, since, for anybody. Especially since, like, everybody knew, like, his life's kind of spiraling at this point. He's getting divorced. He doesn't have custody of his kids. He has all these allegations against him. He lost his job. Like, he's spiraling. He's spiraling. And we all saw what happened when Ronald Gene Simmons spiraled. Bad things. So, so after he got off the phone with his mom, uh, back in Arkansas, we're back in Arkansas and we're back to current time. Um, the search is continuing for David. Their police and investigators are looking into his credit card records. And they found that Fuller had come to Conway one month prior to to the December 3rd abduction and he had rented a storage unit in Conway, the largest storage unit that this this facility had, which is not creepy at all. But also noted about a month before 
November 4th is when the incident happened with Casey and Jessica at her house. So, hmm, could have been him. So, en route to check out the storage unit, um, police and investigators receive a call that a civilian was following a minivan following the description of David's minivan, and he was in Little Rock. Um, So, they were super excited. They're like, yes, we got our man. We scared him off. He heard us that we're investigating. We can get Casey. But unfortunately, this would prove to be a false lead. So they continued on to the storage unit, uh, which was Guard Smart Storage at the time, but it's now Store Smart Storage in Conway. They arrive around 5 p.m., and the couple who own the units just they, they let the officers and the agents in, and they led them to Storage Unit 313, 313. They approached. And they noticed that there was no lock on there and the latch was not fastened. So they thought, oh, well, he's he's fled. Uh, So that was him in Little Rock. Um, However, as the officer first stepped foot inside the unit, a gunshot rang out. They immediately backed off. Dispatch was called um, for and back up and the SWAT team arrived. So they stayed away for about three hours because they did not know if he was actively, you know, had, you know, guns and ammo and was going to actively try to shoot them if he was holding Casey hostage they did not know so they stayed away until they could safely assess the situation Um, and then they entered the unit um, not knowing if Casey and David were alive or dead but I might start crying but after entering the unit around 8 30 they found David Fuller in the back of the unit behind the open trunk of the car and he was sitting on the ground He had taken the seats out of the minivan and he was sitting on the ground in one of those seats. The van was still running and the radio was playing and David had a single gunshot to his head. He was still holding the gun in his hand. So the gunshot the police had heard was the sound of David ending his own life. There were cigarettes and water bottles that were littered on the floor around David. So he'd spent the whole day in there just listening to the radio and the police coming for him. So he was facing, sitting in that chair on the ground in the seat on the ground he was facing the open rear of the car where police saw the lifeless body of Casey Woody she had been tied down and restrained to the floor of the empty minivan she had been raped she had been shot in the head and a chloroform soaked rag lay next to her head so a small comfort though that the that the coroner gave her the autopsy the autopsy concluded that Casey had likely been unconscious from the time of her abduction to the time of her murder and they figured that David had taken Casey straight from her house to Unit 313 um, and drugged. He stayed the night and just enacted his terrible, terrible plan to end the life of an innocent girl who loved the color yellow and being with friends. Innocence lost, indeed. So, heavy say, stuff. You... <laughs> Might need a minute. Yeah, do you, do you need me to take over? Yeah, go ahead and take over. All right. So afterwards, the uh, students at Greenbrier learned the news, and they paid tribute to her. They left uh, tokens at her locker. Uh, December 8th, at the visitation, her friends came. Uh, Her best friends all had yellow roses with notes they laid in uh, Casey's casket, except for her friend Jessica, who gave it to Rick, her father. And Rick said to Sam and Jessica, her friends, don't quit coming around. You're my girls, too, now. I would cry. <laughs> I'm like getting teary-eyed. I started to just a second there. Yeah. Uh, so investigators descended upon David's California apartment where they found multiple framed pictures of Casey. 
and even some of her friends, Sam and Jessica. Uh, he had also been targeting three other girls in Michigan, Dallas, and Pennsylvania. God. So his first trip to Arkansas was in October, although investigators don't know what he did while he was here at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he purchased a gun back in California on November 2nd, came back to Arkansas November 4th, renting Unit 313. And so that's about the time when uh, her mm-hmm. friends heard the noise in the house mm-hmm. and barricaded themselves in her room. And so that was it's almost, almost certainly yeah. it was him. Yeah. Like it's the only, it would be more unlikely for it to be literally anything else. <laughs> exactly. So he goes back to California, finishes purchasing his abduction kit, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Getting his equipment that he's going to use. Chains, duct tape, zip ties, and chloroform. So that is why he, with the abduction abduction kit, that's why he did not fly to Arkansas this time around. He drove there because you, you can't get on a plane with chains and duct tape and zip ties and uh, chloroform. So that's why he drove his car from California to Arkansas. Right. And also that's, this is post 9-11 at this point. Correct. Yes. So that's, I was going to say, I was like, that was a long time. It's. After nine eleven, everything yeah. gets locked down real hard yes. on flying. You yes. can't just do whatever. Exactly. So at this point, he had he had made his deal with the devil. He had his plan ready to go, and he was going to enact it. So, um, so seems like a one way ticket to hell, buddy. So, um, I want to leave you all. Casey loved to write poems, so I want to leave you all with some poems um, that she wrote. I get a little emotional, but they're beautiful. She was a very, she wrote, she was a very good writer. So this is one she wrote um, about her mom. She said, when everything got so dim in the road was a horse, how could things get any worse? We hit it hard and fast and in it came through the shattered glass. There was blood everywhere. The moon shone a big glare. I wondered if she was all right. This was one horrid night. We all were rushed in the room where my daddy lay full of gloom. I was only seven. I heard the prayer that said she was in heaven. Oh, that was such a horrid night. And as I stared at the sky with fright, I wondered why she had to go away, even though I knew now she'd be happy every day. I hated horses from that day on because now my mommy was gone. And sick, sick David Fuller used that poem against her in the fact that in the in the way that he said his aunt was dying and had been in a car accident he used this against her to gain her sympathy and to make something so innocent and beautiful and turn it against somebody you're just a sick sick person so um on casey's um tombstone she wrote another poem this is part of it and rick had it put on her tombstone and it was just very appropriate uh the quote from that's on her tombstone from her poem says quote i'm an angel i'm an angel sent from above to spread the world with lots of love and that's all casey did you know she was a sweet beautiful girl who loved yellow and loved her her family and her friends and was so trusting of everybody as a child should be an innocent child should be So Rick said, I can't let this be meaningless. I've got to let it do somebody some good. So in June 2003, 
um, the FBI had made these special commemorative badges for their officers to wear. Uh, they printed a hundred of them and all the officers and, and agents that were involved with the innocent images initiative got these badges to wear in their uniform. So they gave, they presented Rick with one of the commemorative FBI badges and on it is, is a teddy bear. It's a depiction of a teddy bear by a computer screen with the years 1989 through 2002 on the screen. And this was in memory of Casey and was given to those who served on the task force. And that's the incredibly, incredibly tragic story of Casey Whitty. Um, as you can tell, a story that hit really close to home. <laughs> sorry for getting emotional. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry for getting emotional. It's, it's a story that obviously we can all learn something from. Um, I mean, even I was getting emotional. Yeah, and you're not a you're I, not an emotional person. No, I'm I'm very you're not uh, closed off. Yeah. I'm, I'm better than I used to be. Yeah, I've I've gone from never crying at movies to almost like welling up just a little bit. Like we saw <laughs> we saw Onward. Yeah, and there was some stuff in there where I was like, mm. well, you hold it watch- back because I'm a soulless person. <laughs> you should watch Coco then because I freaking yeah. lost it in Coco. <laughs> So we need but, to watch that. But yeah, I, I, you did pretty much all the work on uh, putting together the outline for this show yeah. and just reading the outline even. I was getting a little teared up. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, don't cry. We can't both be crying, okay? <laughs> we, can, we can edit this all out so no, we can seem real no, strong. we can't. But, uh, but for but yeah, real though, if... Like right now, I'm even just a little a, bit... Yeah, I mean, but... Kathy Fry, though, like, seriously, that article she wrote was, it was amazing. I encourage everybody to go read it. It was, I'm sitting there, I was, we had to, don't, don't tell my boss, but we had a little downtime at work, and I was working on this at work, and I'm sitting in the break room, like, (laughs) with my coworkers around me, just, like, (laughs) sobbing because of Kathy's article, and it, because it was so beautiful and well-written, and she goes way farther in-depth than I did, as far as, like, she has, like, actual computer conversations between Scott and Dave and Casey, so it it goes, it delves a lot farther than we were able to. We, um, we'll have to put the link to that in the show notes. Yes, it's in there. We'll definitely, I'll, I'll put the, I'll put that into, uh, the episode. Yes. And we can probably share that on Social our Twitter media. and everything. Yeah. It's, that Just so it's there so people can see it. Yes. As well as the Casey Woody Foundation website. And I really, I, I couldn't find a leap from the Innocent Images Initiative. It, it took me to a weird link. So I'll have to look farther into that. And we'll see if we can post a, a link to the Innocent Images Initiative from the FBI as well. Which is an initiative uh, inferred... Uh, case you can infer it was its initiative to help with internet predators stop internet predators and all that so <sighs> this was a heavy episode and i hate i don't hate i don't hate that it was a second episode because this is a story that needed to be told and i i hate that i i just missed the i did had no idea id did a episode of it investigation discovery yeah but well we can check it out and yeah. at some point we can heard- talk maybe we can talk about it on another episode even yes um yeah so just to say how how they handled it they mm-hmm. did a good job all that and they probably had you know obviously interviews with her family and stuff like that right so which is good so how about we do some palate cleansers now we need to we need to decompress you know in nursing when something bad happens you have a meeting afterwards and it's called a debriefing so and it's where you can all talk about your feelings about everything and 
how everything went and what you would do differently. We're not going to really do that, but let's have a debriefing where we talk a little bit about some palate cleansers. How about that? That sounds great. Okay. So you gave me a terrible quiz last week about, I don't even know. It was was a very smart, intelligent quiz. What was it a quiz about? It was about wrestlers and whether they were real names or or names that I had made up or something. Redonkulous. Okay. So how about our palate cleanser? You quizzed me last week. So how about I... I'm just doing this off the top of my head. So tell me if they're Disney characters or not. I'm going to name them. Okay. You say yes or no if they're Disney characters. First question. Okay. Marvel and Star Wars, do those count as Disney? Are you, no. Or are you going mainline gonna, Disney? Yeah, I'm going to go mainline Disney because okay. I know I, you know Marvel and Star Wars too well. I know them a medium amount. Okay. You, you know them pretty well. I know them more than a normal person should know them, but <laughs> that, not as much as like a super fan. That, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. That's about right. Okay, you ready? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, first one. Ready? Yes. Giselle. Giselle? I'm going to say not. Incorrect. Oh, what's that from? Enchanted. That's a Disney movie? Yes. Also, I wouldn't have remembered her name anyway, so it's fine. There you go. See? Was that the main character? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, she was the main girl. I also- I can't remember if I even what, saw that movie. What famous uh, Broadway singer was in that? Broadway performer was in that movie. Was it Kristen Chenoweth? You're very close. Uh, Kristen Bell. I don't know. The other one but from you're Wicked? you're also very close to that. So it's Idina Menzel who was- in Wicked with Kristen Chenoweth, but Idina Menzel was also in Frozen with okay. Kristen Bell. You were like all yeah. around it. You were in the Venn diagram. It's of... honestly shocking that I can remember Kristen Chenoweth's name. I'm... That's the only like person I can Broadway remember that's person. like a Broadway mainly person. Yeah. Okay, let's see. What else? So that was number two. No, that was... We're still on number one. That was, was 1.5. Wow. Okay, 1.5. So let's go on to two. Let's see. Um, I'm 0 for 1.5. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. Um, Fergus. Fergus? Mm-hmm. Are you just saying that because you looked at me? Am I? <laughs> I'm going to say... Uh, no. Incorrect. What's Fergus from? Brave. I haven't seen Brave. Well, I can't help it. I guess that's one that would make sense to have Fergus because they're like Scottish, aren't they? Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, what about, um, Flippy? Flippy? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say fake. I don't. It's fake. Yeah. Okay. What about... Back on track. Good job. What about um, Bing Bong? Bing Bong? <laughs> Is that from Aristocats or something? <laughs> Where they have the Siamese cats that are no. sort of racist? No. <laughs> I don't. I'm going to say fake. Incorrect. What's Bing Bong from? What racist movie is that from? It's from Inside Out. It's it's another one i haven't seen i've I've... i know i'm doing the ones you haven't seen (laughs) on purpose yes oh my gosh he's from he's from inside out he's a lovely character you know which one i haven't seen what fox and the hound give me those give me a character from that maybe fox it's not named fox his name is copper Copper. i was lying i've definitely seen fox and the hound i don't remember i saw it fairly recently and for the first time no oh and i was just reminded well just reminded of how old disney was just just so depressing oh my those old ones like bambi <sighs> dumbo is nothing but depressing it never gets better <laughs> not really 
and Fox and the Hound starts off depressing, gets happy for a minute, goes back to depressing. <laughs> it does. I cry that I cry that one. No, Bing Bong's from Inside Out, and he's a wonderful. Ha- also, I'll, I cry about Bing Bong too, but you'll have to see the movie to understand okay. why. No spoilers. Sure. Unless you want to, whatever. No, because yeah, just whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that was number four. One more. One more. Let me think of a good one. But not too good, because then I'll just guess that it's the real one. Uh, Prince Naveen. Prince Naveen? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say fake. I don't know. What Incorrect. is that from? <laughs> that is a real character. From what? Princess and the Frog. That was the name of the character? We saw that movie together. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Oh, we just talked about this. Yeah. So I think that concludes this week's episode. Little palette comes earlier. Guys, thank you for sticking with us, for listening to this episode. It was a rough one. It was a rough one. But yeah. we, we really hope uh, that you took something from this. I think we both, you and I both did. I mean, it was it was a heavy one. So send us an email. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us if you have any more information. Uh, What's that email, though? That email is, it's hard to say. It's P-T-T-D pod. P- we call it P-T-T-D-A. P-T-T-D pod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook. You can search for P-T-T-D pod. Twitter, paint the town. Are we paint the town dead? Uh Twitter is P-T-T-D pod. Pod. At P-T-T-D pod. pod. And then Instagram, paint the town dead. You can hear us on so many platforms now. The only one we don't have is like Spotify, basically. Stitcher, Apple Podcast, uh, Pocket Casts. Yeah, Pocket Casts. They're the first ones who accepted our podcast to be on. Thanks, Pocket Casts. So uh, some of them may not technically be up yet on those platforms, but they, they are be. pending. Yes. Um, we'll probably just make some more episodes before another episode before they come out that way we'll have a backlog on the major platforms like stitcher and apple not that anybody who's listening to this cares about that because you would have found it on whatever thing you're using if you're listening good job everybody (laughs) strong work it's like it's like when you watch like on satellite tv and then you get an advertisement for satellite tv and it's like i'm watching satellite tv (laughs) on this I don't, I don't I don't need this. Yeah. Get out of here. Or like for like things that you need, like toothpaste and body wash and deodorant. Like all right, I'm I'm gonna buy those things. Well some people Yeah, if you're some you're, people well, aren't true. all in on hygiene. Mm, that's very true. Very true. But anyway, who knows how long this has gone. Let's I think let's it's time to wrap it up. Okay, guys, thank you. Again, uh don't be creepy. How about that? That's what we take from this episode tonight. That is what I try to do every day of my life nice. is not be creepy. And it always makes me feel like I'm being more creepy because <laughs> well, be I'm then I'm focusing too much on it. It's like, you know, I, ask, I glance at somebody and then don't, don't if they, yeah, if they see me do that, they might be like, how long was he staring at me for? <laughs> and it's like, uh, it was our eyes happened to me as yeah, we were both. Oh, that's lo- so awkward. It's, oh. I, I, yeah. I'm just an awkward person. Me too. That's why we do well in this podcast. <laughs> Hope you all like a big bowl of awkward because that's <laughs> what we are. Guys, thanks again. Uh, we'll uh, check you out next week with another episode coming straight from Arkansas. Bye. Goodbye.